So what skills and seals do I put on my brave Lynn? <laughs> Welcome to the very first episode of the Lucky Crit Fireside Emblem Podcast. Today we're joined by longtime friend, Brohim, Lucky Crit co-creator, Cameron. Welcome. Yo. And uh, we're going to get right into it and just start talking about heroes. So, have you refined any weapons yet? I guess is where I'll start off. No. Because uh, this is it's kind of a big deal. I, I like that, you know, some of these forgotten units are finally getting a little bit of a boost. And uh, maybe they'll be able to stand up against some of the top tier stuff. you have any thoughts about who you're going to, like, refine the weapons for? I don't know. I haven't uh, really had the time to, like, um, look at anybody yet. Um, I haven't even really taken stock of my roster. Like, after that... Um... We got that nice little boost of 100 characters, mm-hmm. and I had, like, a ton of orbs saved. I just went nuts and filled it. I haven't, like, maxed out or anything, but, you know, I have no idea who's in there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably do that first, and then, you know, see who needs some loving. <laughs> we got a nice little orb injection today for uh, it winning Game of the Year this year, which is pretty cool. So that was nice of them. Yeah, good on them. They have been pretty scummy lately with the banners. Have you felt that way? Well... I don't know. I'm in two minds about it. Because on the one hand, looking from the consumer perspective, yeah, like it looks pretty bad, right? Especially with, um, uh, what's her name? Aira? Ara? Ira. That's, that's just the one name I can't get. Um, like, I, I understand from the consumer end, but I think on their end, or at least if I were to give them the benefit of the doubt, it could just be that they're they're just trying a new business strategy or they're just trying something new. You know, you always want to increment change when you can you know maybe slip little things here and there and see you know how people receive it mm-hmm. and i mean clearly there was at least in the community there was probably more negative feedback than positive so they'll just learn from that or maybe they won't i don't know they may have learned a little bit because with rajat they basically just did the same thing with putting her in a separate banner but at least there's no other green in that banner i mean if you just look at the history so far for like a gotcha game it's you know pretty benevolent all things considered right yeah it's or at least it's it's not as um it's not as potentially well it's not as abusive to its fan base as it could be and like in that's the thing too like people that play gacha games they're at a certain level they're willing to accept the abuse right Mm -hmm. like this game you know maybe maybe there's like little hints here and there you know with era but for the most part i i don't feel like i'm really being taken advantage of in this game Sure, there's some like odd things that you have to do to get certain like resources or like characters, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It could be way worse. Yeah, I think something that I noticed too is like, even if you do spend money and pull the characters that you want, like a week or two later, you kind of don't even care anymore. That's it's really really sad. I guess unless it really changes your top roster and it's somebody that you're going to use all the time they'll probably just kind of fade away, even if it's, like, one of your old favorites or something like that. So you got to be careful about that money. But it's definitely, yeah, this is probably the best gotcha game that I've ever experienced. I tried playing Fate Grand Order the other day, actually, just as a as a, uh, as a a test download. That's oh, yeah. another popular series. They kind of uh, make a lot of the characters, like, historical figures and stuff like that. But uh, Yeah, I've seen the, um, the anime, or the one. Um... Oh, actually, have you? Yeah, uh, what's it called? <laughs> uh, I've seen this show. I can't even. <laughs> no, the um, not the. I guess. Well, I guess there were two series. I saw the the more recent one, um, Zero, Fate Zero. Okay, is it a yay or a nay? Is it good? Oh, uh, I thought I thought it was pretty good. 
whatever you think of like you know narrative style or um, direction, just like production quality on that was beautiful, mm-hmm. and I, I have an appreciation for that kind of thing. You know, that's interesting. I had a feeling that you weren't even going to know what Fake Grand Order was, so that's cool that you actually watched it. Well, I mean, also I've been seeing ads for it everywhere, so it's like, how was I not going to know about it, right? Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And it's a gotcha game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I played it for about half an hour, maybe, and I got to the point where you basically get your first free summon, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe I got unlucky or something, but I knew from that summon, I was like, nah, just uninstall. <laughs> yeah. Not only are there, are there like rates for summoning a lot worse in that game half of the stuff that I summoned were like resources which I thought was kind of silly I was like I want characters not resources Yeah. and in that one single summon I think I got like 10 things from it or something like that mm-hmm. of the resources that I got it was pretty much just like all repeat resources I was like I already like this <laughs> I can already tell this is not going to be fun imagining summoning like 5 times and getting all the same stuff Yeah. yuck yeah I don't know, I've never been a fan of the, like, side view 2D anime sprites on top of, like, 3D backgrounds, that kind of a style in games. Yeah. Blaze Blue does something very similar. I don't, I don't really, I don't like that very much for some reason. So, actually, coming back to Fire Emblem after that, I have, like, even more respect for it because not only is it, like, super polished and high quality, but, like, they're also really nice about giving stuff away, too. So that's good. What's your thoughts on Book 2 that we just got pretty recently? Um, I mean, I'm kind of lukewarm about it. It's, I'm not really, you know, too much into the story. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's there. It needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't really expecting anything of it, anything like amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, I really don't care one way or the other. It's, you know, it's just something to do and it's nice. And I mean, some people are into that, so, you know, good for them. I don't know. Seeing that trailer for book two, the fact that they actually did a whole like cinematic for that, I was pretty fairly stoked about that because the story so far has been pretty you know cut and dry yeah not very interesting i mean the only the most interesting part was kind of trying to figure out who bruno's identity was and um i was sort of hoping the whole time that they weren't going to go with the very obvious like oh he's obviously their long lost friend you know yeah and then it's like oh he is oh (laughs) (laughs) nice tricked me there yeah well i I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't really want a very complex story so that they could reach like the widest audience possible. You know, reach yeah, that I lowest guess. common denominator. <laughs> I guess, perhaps. I guess we'll have to see where it goes though, because it does seem like, mm. for me, book two was like out of nowhere, and the fact that they're like putting a lot more effort into it, I'm kind of hoping that maybe it'll get better. Like now, as it keeps going on, you know. Yeah. Because every map or every set of maps was kind of just an excuse for new banners and stuff before so i'm wondering what's going to happen this time around well you know what i will say this um the story and like all the extra content what i really you know look for like i guess in a way i kind of do look forward to the story missions and like all the extra content that they put out but it's not for the actual like the point of the story it's the fact that we get new maps or like Mm -hmm. oh yeah or like especially with the story mode they occasionally slip in new unit types or variations like i don't know if you noticed in the story mode but uh we now have um uh oh female female wyvern yeah writers, we right? have female wyvern writers and there was there was another unit that was uh oh um oh man manichaeus yeah yeah manichaeus we have those now i did like that yeah 
you know, gave them an excuse to slip in some new stuff, which I really like. Yes. Cause and you saw the the um, Surter, the boss at the very end, right? He's pretty... Yeah. He's, 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 he's pretty goofy. Well, a little bit, yeah. But when you enter that battle screen and you're used to everybody being so small, he's like massive. He's just a giant black and orange meatball that got overcooked. Okay, fine, sure. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good example of what he is. Um, how do you feel about the modes in the game? Because that's something that I've been kind of feeling lately like we need some new stuff. So I want to hear like your thoughts about that. Like, Do you think that Voting Gauntlet and Tempest Trials are enough in terms of like weekly, monthly content that keeps rolling out? Um, I think it is. Actually, you know what? I think it is, but I think they need to change up the timing for it a little bit. Or maybe I think, you know what? They really need maybe one more mode to pad in between those two. Because the, the way that you look at it, right... They release a few banners, and then they release uh, a pair of banners for Voting Gauntlet. And for that, it's like, at least for most players that really want to get, um, you know, up there on the leaderboards, you really have to, like, dedicate time to check your phone all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, when is the optimal time to score points? You know, you got to do your timers or whatever so that you can get as many flags as possible and, you know, get get the maximum reward that you can. And the whole thing only happens over the course of a few days, right? So, like, if you're someone like me who just, oh, man, you got, like, a really long week of school or work or just, you know, you decided to go unplugged and off the reservation for once, and then you come back to your phone a week later, you're like, oh, I haven't participated at all. Yeah. You know, that kind of sucks. Or, and then maybe even the week after that, you'll get a notification that says, oh, by the way, Tempest Trial's coming up. And that's, I mean... They're definitely getting better, don't get me wrong. But those early ones, man, they were just a slog. It's two weeks of just nonstop grinding. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much you like optimize your team, you are still putting in easily like anywhere, you know, d- depending on how much you want out of it, anywhere from like 30 to 300 uh, rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Even more. Yeah, definitely. It's just so much time. And so when they, and especially lately, they've been alternating just between the two. Like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we basically went from Tempest Trial, Voting Gauntlet, right back to another Tempest Trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, I mean, it's great that we have all that content coming out, but like, that is a lot to do. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the the way to remedy that is not to have downtime, but just have content that, you know, maybe doesn't require as much attention. We need something kind of like when they have, oh, you know, let's showcase this artist and throw out a set of maps or like, hey, let's celebrate, you know, mm-hmm. the the BGM for um, Warriors or whatever, you know, just like just little things here and there that you can kind of do on your own time. Right. And they have a long timer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I realize like some people say like, yeah, you know, I do it all in a day and then I got to wait for more stuff. <laughs> It's like, I mean, maybe maybe it could be like timed release where they don't release it all at once, you know, so you kind of have something to look forward to. Yeah. Because at, at the end of the day, it's a gotcha game, right? It's all about, like, consumer psychology. You feel better when there's stuff coming out at, like, a controlled dose rather than get it all at once and then you're in a drought for, like, two weeks. Yeah, yes. I do kind of wish that there was, like, some kind of a daily map or something that you can get a couple orbs from, you know? Something that, like, even if there is no update for the day, you log in, you get your free orbs, then maybe there's at least, like, one new map or something to play. Even if it's, like, just a randomly generated map, something that they don't have to actually go in and, like, make every week. You know what I mean? 
I see. I don't know because they. I, I mean, at a certain point, they have to control the flow of orbs, right? You know, they can't just. I, I guess so. They can't let you accumulate that much over time. That would kill their business model. Not when people are still summoning trash, even with those couple of orbs that they scrounge up. You know. That that's that's a gotcha game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. For me personally, I kind of wish that there was more of a of a different style of mode in the game. For example, like. I had a podcast where I was talking to Sagemaster15, and he he was talking about potentially, like, giant boss battles where basically you control one unit on the map and maybe, you know, three other people control some other units and you kind of have to team up together, you know, almost like, I guess, I guess raids in, in other video games. And I thought that could be pretty interesting, you know? I mean, that's, that's a whole new multiplayer feature, which, I mean, I think it would benefit from having, like, active, uh, just an active multiplayer mode, because right now it's, it's mm-hmm. sort of, like like a lot of other phone games where it's just passive where it's like yeah you see another human being's units but it's just ai controlled right right there's no interaction or response yeah and i definitely think that there needs to be more friend features like i should be able to send you a message in the game you know it's very like i don't know like if my guy comes to your castle i wish that there was like a custom message i could have him say or something like that i can't tell you how many times i've had stupid effie knock on my door and be like hey there nick sent me again here's your five <laughs> feathers Nicole. and then just like you know you get that every single day it's like oh, right how's nick doing oh well, i don't know i can't send him a message right or even if you like pulled something and you wanted to like i'm not saying they need like a whole messenger platform in there but i don't know yeah. some some way of like sending a little message or something to somebody i think would be really cool i mean in more recent games weren't you able to like write a message as you sent um i don't know like your envoys or like your avatar character to other people's worlds yeah you customize the message that they say with some i think profanity filters in there yeah so like you could you could kind of go back and forth with people that you were you had on your friends list right yeah i guess i mean it's like a very minor you know not that intelligent of a system but you know it's something yeah if you keep changing every time you spot pass yeah and something I noticed today was Chase was actually doing some Grand Hero battles and there were certain units that he needed for certain strategies to beat the Grand Hero battle, you know, on like Lunatic or Infernal Difficulty. Yeah. And um, this is something that we did see in Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon on the DS. You were able to actually lend units to other people. And I, I would think that in Fire Emblem Heroes, that could be really cool, right? I mean, they do that now. And um, um, why, why am I having like a mental block here? What game are you trying to think? The Gauntlet voting gauntlet yeah a little bit but like if there was a limit of like one per day or one per week like you being able to allow actually just really quick let me cut you off there for voting gauntlet i get it is it's cool i get to use my friend's units can i pick which (laughs) unit i want to use because i i understand you know i understand all right you know the randomness is fun and everything but when I have a, you know, when all my friends are trolls and they throw on their, like, level three dancer without the dance ability or, like, <laughs> you know, I'm getting some, like, level 12 archers somebody wanted to put, pick as their favorite character and they didn't bother training them. They just want them to, like, sit as a trophy on their homepage or whatever. It doesn't really like, help me in voting gauntlet. One might say that's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe help me out with that. Maybe you got to delete some of those friends. God. I don't know. I do think it would be really, really cool to help out other people. Like, if they needed a certain unit for a certain strategy, if you wanted to actually, like, pick a unit that you have in your roster 
and like lend it to that other person for like a day or a week or whatever it would take. Yeah. And during that time, you won't be able to use that unit because basically you they're gone. They're you've sent them off to to go help somebody oh, else. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and they can actually then see that unit in their roster. Obviously, it would have to be like marked differently so that they know it's not really theirs. But then they'd be able to I don't even know slap a seal on it, maybe not change the skills or anything. You know, if they have to go and put restrictions in there but I don't know I just think that'd be really cool to help people out with certain difficult maps or, or challenges that they can't do I think another thing um, and maybe they could incorporate it into that feature or have you know maybe have a, a separate mode for it you know hate it or love it from the, the older games uh, there was always the ally units right mm-hmm. your good old yellow and green teams <laughs> I think you know, to add to your system, what if you had a thing where you could lend that unit, but it wouldn't—it would be controlled by the AI, right? Or it would like simulate you controlling it, like you, the lender, controlling it, as opposed to like the actual player. Okay. So it's like, oh, I got this really neat unit, but I kind of have to play around it because it's not actually mine. <laughs> so I have, you know, I have to somehow incorporate that on my team, or you know, separate from that idea entirely, just the idea of like, oh, we can make new game modes instead of like defend for six turns or just kill all the all the little homies on the map you know defend this guy who's walking around this village or like i don't know something like that that'd be cool and i know in particular that like escort missions frustrate the hell out of people Mm -hmm. but just for anybody complaining about variety it's you know it would be something relatively easy to implement i think yeah I mean, as as long as it wasn't, like, an infernal difficulty map with, like, a suicidal unit that just dies instantly that frustrates people, I, th- I think they can pull it off yeah. in the correct way, you know? Well, you know what? Maybe that's part of the challenge, too. Like, we have all these positional skills for your support abilities. Yep. Why not just be able to interact with that AI-controlled ally? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he wants to run off? Well, my reposition says no thanks. <laughs> or, you know... Oh, he... You have a flyer, and they feel like all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to climb over this mountain because I feel like it. Well, my flyer with swap says no. Yep. And I'm, I, yeah, I, I know that alone sounds like a hassle, but it's an idea, something different. Right. There's definitely a lot that they can do. I would like to see some kind of like a more active group setting. I don't know that they would ever actually have PvP. I think if they tried to implement I don't think that. So. Yeah, if they tried to, they'd have to make some sort of incentive for somebody to move first or something like that because. Unless, you know, their first turn move is just running Reinhardt across the field and nuking somebody, nobody's going to move, you know, and and enter that enemy range and begin the slaughter and then get countered next turn. I, I don't know. They'd have to come up with some interesting way to do that. But I do think I would like to see some kind of PvP-esque system or something in there, you know? I don't know. I think the arena pretty much mirrors what you got in the other games, too. I don't think there is a way to have, like, active PvP where... You know, somebody takes their first turn, you know, get first turn advantage for positioning, and then other person's got to react to it. I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not. Or you end up in just a perpetual stalemate because nobody wants to give her, you know... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give ground. Yeah. I don't know. I just I want to see some new mode. I do think that we're jumping a little bit too fast between Tempest Trials and Voting Gauntlet. And that's gonna, we are. It's going to wear yeah. them out really, really fast if people are already... I'm not already worn out, yeah. Yeah, see? Exactly. And I'm pretty sure most people that I've spoken to have said that the mini Tempest Trial was probably the best one that we ever had. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you remember that one? Yeah. You basically finished it a lot faster, capped out your points faster. That was much better. 
Oh, like like right now, I'm playing Voting Gauntlet. I have a level 32 Spring Xander with none of the abilities on there, just a mold <laughs> Carrot Lance. And I'm up against like a max stat, you know, plus two Ryoma. All right, got a level 35 Snocky. Oh, and look, a uh, good old Brave Lin. I mean, <laughs> what, what do I do with that? I have to say, though, I, like, I don't know if there's a system in place for it to like attempt to balance things. For the most part, most Voting Gauntlet maps that I enter is like sort of evenly balanced from my experience. I don't know if that's been your experience. I think, yeah, well, <clears throat> I think for the most part it is. I mean, you can get screwed over with the color palette all the time, mm-hmm. but that's just the nature of it. I don't know, just sometimes it, it seems a little fishy to me, though. I could just be, you know, hallucinating or something. I know what you mean. Every once in a while you get that, that bum unit. Well, I get that. It's like if I get that same bum unit multiple times. <laughs> And it's like, oh, you really want your friend, this character on your team, you know, from your friends list for whatever reason. And it's like, no, no thanks. Give me the option to opt out, not take them. They're liability. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. How do you feel about the summoning pool in Fire Emblem Heroes? Because since launch, we still have the same pool of three stars in the game. And although the four star pool keeps increasing, although not very much recently, because I don't think anybody's been demoted to four stars recently. But um, the five-star pool just keeps expanding, and that makes it harder and harder to pull the characters that we want. Have you had any bad experiences with this? I mean, not bad experiences in the sense of do I think they need to move certain people between the pools, like five and four, mm-hmm. or even three. But maybe they need to mix it. Maybe, well, I don't know. They need to mix it up. It's getting a little stale. Maybe they have a... a a certain rotation where they move certain characters between five and four, as long as they're not handing out those like really crazy abilities that you know that's what the, essentially that's what the characters in the five star bracket for, right? Sometimes, yeah, for the most you part, know, I'd say. Like, there's always a couple characters that just have that crazy ability, and they're going to only be in five and stay in five. And honestly, mm-hmm. they should. You know, that's perfectly fine with me. But maybe for the rest of the roster, you know, have like a monthly or uh, maybe even every few months, just switch up that rota- um, the rotation a little bit with the fives, fours, and threes. I would honestly like. I would not be as mad pulling a three star if it was like somebody more interesting or somebody new or you know what I mean. Like, it's just pulling the same three stars all the time is probably the worst part about summoning. Right, and I think I mean maybe I mean just getting threes, but I think having a rotation for that would help maybe ease yeah. that a little bit. Or at least make you feel better when you get, you know, a bunch of fours. Like, you won't have the same fours all the time. Yeah. Like, do you true. do you feel like when you're trying to inherit skills on your characters, you have a bit of a bloat in a few areas? Yeah. You know, you've been summoning certain banners for so long. I feel like it's a very, um, it's a very personal experience, but... I mean, assuming, assuming you're not, like, a whale or anything where, you know, at that point it doesn't matter. But let's say you're, like anywhere from free to play up to like the point where you spent you know like a good chunk of change on the game right you're like your barracks isn't huge but you know you have a decent number of dudes but you know because of the way the system is now you kind of get the same characters in the three and four bracket all the time yeah from what i've seen too it's a very interesting phenomena maybe it's just like a coincidence but certain people on their accounts tend to pull more of certain characters than other people is there, like, a character that you happen to pull all the time, like, more than any other character? Um, well, so, I think that happens to me a lot, but it happens in waves with certain characters. Like, in a given month, 
for whatever reason, I'll get like six of the same character mm -hmm. over the course of, you know, two weeks even when I'm really pulling for something. Probably the biggest defenders in the last two months, for example, was Crom. Uh, I got a hell of a lot of Croms. I'm staring at about five right now. I Well, I got a gold one and then four silver ones, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, um, let's see here. Oh, got a couple of Reinhardts. Uh, That's... I don't think most people three, would think that was a problem. Three or four of those, and I mean, I still have the two gold ones. One of them being yeah. the plus two, so I guess if you couldn't tell, I'm swimming in Reinhardt. Yep. Oh, yeah, I have a, a ton of phase. I mean, that's really nice. Like, oh, you have all this renewal to throw around, but, you know, who uses renewal? <laughs> I like renewal, actually. No, I do, too, and I'm glad I have a little bit, but I have, like, a lot of renewal, and there's just no one to give it to. Right, gotcha. I think for me lately, it's been Hannah. I have like so many Hannahs. And yeah, I mean, it's life and death fodder if I want to five star her, but it's really annoying to be pulling for a red character and then just Hannah, 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 you know? Yeah. Absolutely awful. But yeah, I think maybe not the broken characters, but a five star character that is like an okay unit. If I got that unit instead as a three star and like actually had to put in the time and effort to level them up, maybe feather them, you know, all the way to five stars. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. I don't think like I would just, hate that. I honestly don't think that I would. Just hate diversify that. the skill, like the care, the skills in which you can obtain from characters. And if the player base has to work a little bit to make those skills usable or to the level they want them to be, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Which honestly helps their business model anyway. I would think because it means they're playing more. Right. So everybody wins. Well, <laughs> not everybody wins, but it'll alleviate some problems. Maybe create a few others. Yep. How do you feel about Viorm kind of power creeping on Sharina a little bit? Well, did you did you five star your Sharina? I did actually, but um, I at that point is literally just because I had nothing to do with the feathers. I don't think I had like a necessity to use her or anything. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think Sharina came out as a very underpowered character to begin with. Well, I, I guess that's not true. When she first came out, she was actually pretty well statted, <clears throat> right, relative to the rest of the roster. Mm -hmm. And the power creep problem comes from the rest of the characters being released around her. She went from being considered like a decent unit to like subpar. You know, she's really not that great anymore. Yeah. Way back when, like she, she wasn't the best, but she, I mean, she was a solid unit. Yes. But that's just how power creep works. So I don't, I don't mind that she's weaker than Fjorm in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mind. I mean, she's free. Everybody's got it, right? Yeah, that's true, but I don't know why they had to give Fjorm, like, disencounter built into her weapon, and I just, I don't know. They just totally overshadowed poor Sharina. There's also uh, something on the notice board here in the game said that Fjorm would only be available in certain legendary hero banners. You know, she was summonable in the 8% banner, which I'll ask you about in a minute, but this also then did go on to say that the next time that Fjorm would be summonable would be later this month. So I'm assuming that that means that we're going to get another legendary hero type of banner coming out fairly soon. I hope so. I love that style of banner. I think that's that's probably the way they need to proceed in the future. And kind of like I was saying with like, oh, they need to test some things out with the player base, you know, start with something small or just try an event once and see if it takes off. Kind of like they did with the micro uh, Tempest Trial or, you know, with a legendary hero banner. I like the fact that I go into a banner to summon, like, four, like, select characters, and rather than, like, pull some, you know, random...
five stars. Like, n- not even breaking your pity percentage on the wrong color because you didn't get the right color. Let's say you're summoning through to the or the right color, you know. Oh, I want this blue character, so I pull a blue orb, and you get a completely random blue guy. Mm-hmm. He's five stars, but it's not the one you even remotely wanted. You know, that still feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can understand, oh, I didn't roll the dice well on a, you know, a five or six percent chance to get a five star. But when I do get a five star, let me have the one I'm trying to, like, work for. You right. Know? And I, I think the fact that if you want to expand the the hero banner pool to be 8, 12, 15 characters, but you can only pull from that very tiny pool, I'm okay with that. That's how it should be. Hmm. A lot of people had some bad luck with this this past banner, though. And um, when you actually think about the percentage, that 8% wasn't actually all that hype at the end of the day because they took out the non-focused 5 stars you can get. So that's automatically a minus 3%. So basically all they did is give that back into the focus units and then an extra 2%. So that probably explains why a lot of people had similar, you know, pretty normal luck or not being able to summon the characters that they wanted. It wasn't actually like double or more than double the chance of of getting who they wanted. I mean, this is just my opinion, but maybe one way to look at it is it gives the player base a little more choice in deciding, is this banner really worth it to me? Because like when you're pulling on a banner with only four characters, and the rest of the conceivable pool is also a possibility, you know, how how likely are you to really get someone on that banner as opposed to like just some random Joe Schmo? Oh, it's your three percent or whatever your pity percentage is. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, you know, in this legendary banner, it's only eight percent at one of the dudes in the like five or six pool of the color you're trying to pull, but at least you can look at that and say like at least I know I'm going to get one of those five or six rather than like some random Joe Schmo out of the red roster or the blue roster, whatever color you pick, you know? Yeah, very true. It it helps you, you know, it's mitigation of risk on the consumer's part. Right. Whether or not they make a good choice about it, that's up to them, you know? Whether or not they want to pull, that's their fault. It gives you a better idea of what you're actually doing with your money. (laughs) That's true, but at the same time, I kind of still feel like that 8% was sort of misleading a little bit, you know? I mean, you can you can argue how much the percentage actually should be. You know, I think it could, you know maybe it could have been a little bit higher, sure, but I think the intention there was okay. Yeah, I do like the experiment of not having pity breakers of, of the units that you don't want for sure. Yeah. Did you actually pull anything good out of the legendary banner? Oh yeah, I definitely struggled to finally get there towards the fiftieth, sixtieth orb or so, but I got something at least. I grabbed a um, a fjorm. And a uh, another Aira, Arya, a no that Aira, purple sword shit. That one. <laughs> yeah. Did you try for Spring Camilla? You know what? I got her on my very last pull. Oh, like nice. the last like twenty minutes of the banner, I was like, you know what? I've got five more orbs. I'll go for it. I grabbed. Oh, Yolo summon. Yeah, I mean it was a. Uh, it's like plus defense minus res or something like that. But I'm just happy to have her. I think she has bad res anyway. That's actually not a bad, not too bad of an IV. Yeah, it's okay. You know, I think just with how abysmal my flyer team is, I'll I'll take anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I need something. Right. I finally actually have mine all together, and I'm pretty happy about it. But my I did manage to get Summer Corin too, minus attack plus res. And I did get Noe from the Halloween banner, minus attack, and I believe plus res or something like that. So, you know, kind of not the IVs that you wanted, but yeah, at least I got them. So I'm pretty happy about that. 
and the buffs can counteract, you know, some of that. So I also have a tendency to like pull, like you know, I go into a summon banner. And I'm like, all right, I want this character. Let me pull them, and then of course I don't get them because that's just the way you know the RNG gods like to play with our poor, poor souls. But uh, I do end up pulling that very same five star character out of other summon banners when I least expect it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I decided one day, oh, you know, I'm just gonna go into the. Um, what banner was it? What was the one before the Legendary Heroes one? Farfetched Heroes? Uh, Farfetched Heroes. I was like, you know what? I'll go ahead and just pull from that. And I ended up, you know, deciding, oh, I'll, I'll take a green orb. Why not? Why the hell not? Ooh. You know, yeah, right? It's just like, oh, you know, I have a couple extra orbs. Why not? And I ended up getting Amelia out of that pull. IVs weren't great, but that, you know, I was just glad to have her. Yep. And I, I can't tell you how many orbs I tried spending to get Amelia. It was bad. Yeah. Like, I saved up so long, didn't get her. And then just out of the blue, like, oh, here you go. That's actually how I got Amelia, too. Did you not get Halloween Henry? Uh, I did. Oh, so you got double Armor March, then. I did, but I, I was I was actually trying to go for um, Halloween Nowie. Because there again, like, I really need that flyer team to, you know, it needs something really bad. Right. It's awful. Didn't get her. Well, thankfully, from this Legendary Heroes banner, we do know that they are willing to bring back some of the old you know, seasonal units that were limited time only. So I am kind of hoping that we'll see more in the future because I did want Halloween Henry myself and I didn't get him, but... I don't really know what to do with him, to be honest. He's actually pretty good. No, he, no, he is a good unit, but I I don't know how to build him. I think mine's like plus res to his already ridiculous amount of res. I know, that's, res like, that's actually like, really good though. Then you give him like, I don't even know, ice I think he's, I think he's like plus res minus speed or something. That's That might be a really perfect iv actually except for you know attack maybe i i don't know all i know though is just like he, he does not feel magic it doesn't exist to him yeah <laughs> actually i think his speed is actually okay isn't it i think it's it's fast for an armor unit but it's like you know relative to the rest of the roster he's a little slow yeah i don't know i've seen some really cool armor emblem teams with henry on it with certain builds there was a crazy build that somebody was sharing the other day that uh I don't know if it was a fortress defense build or something like that, but it was it was really interesting. And they showed the stat breakout, and he can be pretty beefy, for sure. Yeah. They were arguing that he was the best green mage in the game, which I don't know if that's the truth or if I agree with that. But oh, that, he's he, you know he's kind of he's kind of up there. He has his moments, especially you can hone him, hone armors. I I like him. Hone armors. You got to play armor march, man. Well, well, okay, but not. Somebody else hones him, all right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You don't, don't take away Armor March. Yeah, no. That's what makes it I fun. I would never do that. Yeah. I don't like one tile movement emblem. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that when Armor March came out, uh, Garnaby actually told me about this, and I didn't really understand it until I tried it. Armor March lets you walk through trees in one square. Yeah. That was insane. Blew my mind. It's unbelievable. I, I took it for granted until I actually saw it happen. Yeah, well, you also like, you also didn't cow. experience it yourself by actually like using it. Too. Yeah, yeah. There was a moment before that came out that I was like, man, I understand like the whole point of giving armor units like one tile of movement, but man, this like there has to be some better way than this. Yeah, no, you know? it, it's it's actually good. You just I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really glad that they come up with creative solutions like that. That's not a busted way of allowing them to have two tiles all the time, but it's a way of making them more viable. So I'm really happy about that, for sure. 
And we're also, with this new Fates Children banner, we're starting to see some new skills that promote mixed teams that actually don't buff anything unless you have less than two of that unit type on your team. So we're looking at, like, what, half horse emblem, half, you know, infantry emblem, half armor emblem, like, things like that. I think that can yeah. be kind of cool. I'm kind of glad that, like, hopefully horse emblem has kind of seen its, had its moment at least, and other things now get a chance to, like, shine a lot more. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I would rather not have one type of unit just completely wreck the whole game. Let's move on into the next topic. I was going to ask you about Christmas, actually, and I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but... What are your what are your hopes for for Christmas this year? Tell tell Santa what you want for Christmas. Oh man, what do I want from Santa? Wait 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 um, wait, wait. You got to sit on my lap first. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Like, I'll be honest. I saw even like around the first few months the game came out, and I don't know if it was a leak or if somebody just you know had a good time with Photoshop. But there was like that Christmas tree Robin. Oh, it was, yeah. uh, it was like male Robin, and he was just holding a giant Christmas tree for whatever reason. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably see that this year. I, honestly, I don't really care for it. They could just leave that out. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm assuming it was like a spear. We don't. We don't need another one of those. I uh, could just do without that. <laughs> Wait, you mean you, I, I want some? I want something different. You don't want like another limited time seasonal banner for you to spend all your orbs on? Oh no, that's perfectly fine. I'm willing to continue to, you know give myself up to the the ISRNG gods. That's <laughs> fine. But I, I want to see something a little crazier. I want another Halloween banner that like breaks apart some of the unit classes and adds some, you know, more unique options. Okay. Like now we like the armor roster really got some diverse units with an archer and a green book. Yeah. And you know, the all the the flyers now you know, at least now we have green books and red books and blue books circulated into the population somewhat. So now there's some range options. So I, I want to see more like that. So what you're saying is you want to see Ike ride into battle on a reindeer. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Horse emblem with Ike. Why not have like, I don't know, Christmas church. Is it church? Churchy? I, I never got that name either. Oh. But you know what I'm talking about. Wervin yes, Rider? I believe it's... Cherche, 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 Cherche. It's French. Just go I don't on. know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Dragon Rider, right? Take her off the dragon. Put her on that Griffin. You know, stick some antlers and a Rudolph nose on it. And uh, what's her weapon type? Well, I mean, I, I know it's everybody would just say, "Oh, put the axe on her," like in the game. But I don't know. Just give her something weird, and then see what happens with that. Okay. You know, so, something really goofy. How about like a flying ninja star user? Or, like, the knife user. That could be interesting, yeah. Yeah, why not? Flying debuff. There's a lot of people that want to see... Is it is it good? Is it practical? Probably not. But you know what? It'll be, it's fun. <laughs> it's interesting. That's what, the ho- that's what the holiday season banner should be for. Fun. Sure. Uh, I know you didn't get that far into your playthrough of, of Fates, but there are actually flying archers in Fates called Kinchy Knights. A lot of, I know a lot of people want to see that. I'd be pretty excited mm-hmm. to see some of those units, but... Obviously, throughout the entire series, we don't have very many of those units, so we probably wouldn't get very many of those at all. Yeah. I'm also kind of waiting to see units like Wrath or, uh, you know, other, maybe Astrid from Path of Radiance, other mounted archers and and things like that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of little niches that we don't have very many units for. Yeah, little just classes that need to be filled out. I think, like, Manakeets is also really bad, too, and um, 
I never fully realized it, but now that I actually think back and, and look back to all the games, you only get like at most two mana keats like per game if you're lucky. Yeah, so, I mean, just that that style of character isn't really well represented. So the way they kind of continued that, I guess that archetype is they had to add like all the beast transformations. Right, people, and we right? haven't seen those yet. I'm waiting for that too. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know if you want to keep calling it the mana keat class, maybe switch it over to like the I don't know. I don't. I don't. Know, I don't even know what you would call it, but just the morph yeah, the class, right? Yeah, start adding the bunny people, start adding like the Lagoos cat right. people and the birds and everything. You know? There's a part of me that feels like they're saving that for something later, maybe like at version 3.0 or something like that, because. Yeah. I mean, come, come on, weebs. I'm sure you want those cat people. <laughs> Just say the word. Just get I know. They got to. They got to do it eventually. Yeah. I'm. You want that? You want that? I'm cat definitely people. waiting for that, though, because there's not a lot of units that transform. We're not going to get a lot of Manakeets in general unless they start, you know, pumping out some of these seasonal units that are Manakeets when they're usually not, you know, the, the the class swap ones. But we need, like, Hone Dragons and stuff. I want to see, like, an all, like, an actually viable, like, all-dragon team, you know? I would just like another C-skill that isn't, you know, the Ninian's uh, defensive one. Give me yeah. anything. Give me something. <laughs> It doesn't, you know what? It doesn't even have to be on a dragon. I'll just melt that guy down. Just please. Give me something. Here's a question for you. How do you feel about the, like, progress and how far the game has come this year from when it started? Because it's changed several times with a lot of these big releases, you know, like, with the... Uh... Yeah, I think it's great. They're going in, you know, little ups and downs, but I think mostly mm-hmm. ups. Um, they're in... They're consistent with content. They're adding new content. They're making changes. I think for the most part, they're listening to the community. There's a couple of things that I'd like to see. Like maybe we we hold back on a little bit of the power creep in certain areas and help out units a little more than they already have. Like, I you know, the changes to the staff users I think was really necessary. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, absolutely necessary. I don't know if it's going to be enough. But it it doesn't make me completely hate even having them in my barracks anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, I could I could maybe consider using them again. Right. You know, maybe I'll have fun with them. I don't know if it's enough to like really push me to use them all the time, but you know, I, things like that where that and you know a change like that was requested for a long time. We need. I, I think we need a little bit more of a response or um, a sense of urgency from mm-hmm. them, right? It'd be nice to know if they actually like browse like the subreddits and everything for the game because I don't think they've ever actually officially like made a post there or anything. But it would be cool to know that they are paying attention like in there in the small little community groups, you know. I would even say uh, maybe they don't need to provide evidence that they're you know doing user research like that, but maybe they could just make a post on their notification board that says like, "Hey, here are some of the things we're considering." And, like, that would be it. That would be enough. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, tell us, hey, you know, it's an acknowledgement that, like, here's some possible things that we're going to change. And secretly, it would be based on user feedback. You know, whether or not they want to allude to it, it's up to them. Mm-hmm. But say, like, hey, we noticed that everyone's complaining about staff users. We're going to try and look at staff users this month or this, you know, next couple of months. Or, you know, hey, all of the those dinky weapons like Armor Slayer and, you know, your lame silver swords. We're going to fix those. We're going to make them better. Yeah. 
or we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try something and just see if it works or we're thinking about it honestly just write it just just write us a love letter say hey i'm thinking about you i don't need photo evidence of them like trolling reddit telling me hey yeah no it's not so much that i promise right you know don't hate me but it would be nice to know that i wasn't sleeping around yeah i was just saying like it would be nice to know if like you know those posts at the very top of the subreddit that get thousands of upvotes that you know people most people agree with i would say it'd be nice to know they at least see those that kind of stuff you know yeah especially the complaint ones I mean, they, they have to be on some level. I think they must be because there's some things that they have changed that they clearly knew were a problem somehow, you know? Yeah. Whether it was from people just sending the feedback through the app or, or whatnot, but somehow. You ever have those moments where you think back to like how the game was like when it first launched and you just realize how different it is now? Yeah, and for the better. Honestly, yeah. I am so glad that the, the terrible reign of taco meat has ended. Yeah. It's been dead for such a long time. It was the most miserable experience. He might have a little bit of a comeback now. He gets a nice upgrade to his bow, actually. See that stupid gray pineapple <laughs> arena. Slap vantage on him, and there was absolutely nobody to deal with him in his ridiculous stat line for the time. It was, uh, it was a nightmare. Well, you hate him, but you... I still run male Robin on a lot of teams just out of, like, the trauma <laughs> from, like, playing that dude. But you do, however, run Reinhardt. So what's your explanation for that one? Well, I only run him on the Pony Police. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I actually don't run him on, you know, other teams. So he's not on your arena team? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I, I change up the arena team a lot. If you mean, like, the defense team, uh, sometimes, like, if if I know... You know how that you have to add the bonus character to the arena team, right? Yep. If I don't have a particularly strong bonus character for the arena roster... Maybe I'll go ahead and slip a little bit of Pony Police on there, like, uh, you know, someone I've spent a lot of time on. But otherwise, I, you know, I don't really mind. I'm, I, try to, I try to mix it up. So, you hated the Takumi era. You like the current arena era, then? I mean, honestly, I don't know. Because I, I understand that Brave Lynn and Reinhardt are the terrors of arena right now. Right, yeah. But I don't... I don't want to go anywhere near rank 20. It scares me. It's a terrible, <laughs> soulless, soulless place. I'm I'm comfortable hovering around anywhere from, like, 15 to 19, honestly. Yeah. And it honestly just depends on, like, how busy I am during the week to, like, keep at the game. Yep. And, you know, it's not from lack of me not wanting to play. It's just, you know, life stuff. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it as much. So, me personally, I don't complain about it. And I'm glad I'm not at 20. Never want to be. It's just, there's just there's no happiness up there. But the orbs, Cameron. The orbs and the extra feathers. No, I'm pretty sure it's literally just the extra couple hundo feathers. There's there's no extra yeah, orbs. Well, up there. it jumps up a little bit. I think it goes from like 1,800 feathers to like 3,000 or something like that between like 19 yeah, and 20. Yeah, I I I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to pay a thousand feathers a week to not have to deal with like plus 10 characters i'm all right with that whatever yeah. <laughs> i'm here to have fun that's fair remember? that's fair yeah that's what video games are about are they I, that's what i heard once <laughs> all righty so we have some discord and reddit questions that people asked and i'm gonna ask you too since you're a co-star on today's podcast oh no um i'm so sorry community <laughs> so from anti-eternum we have 
What other games do you enjoy beyond the Fire Emblem franchise? What makes you like this game or games? What game that you've played that you didn't like? So why don't you go first? There are other games besides Fire Emblem? I know, I've never heard about it either. What? Are you kidding me? We literally talked about Fake Grand Order earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What? (laughs) Who now? Never heard of it. Can you repeat that question? Because it kind of came in like multiple parts. Yeah, there's there. there's three little. I'll break that down for me. Okay. Here. What other games do you enjoy beyond the Fire Emblem franchise? Oh man. Um. So, I guess if you're asking me like, what do I what do I play right now? What's that ish? I'm. I am still playing Rainbow Six Siege. Love that game to death. I ah, can't beat it. And it's a love hate relationship because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> There are so many people on there that are so much better than me, but I just like, you know, it's a fresh look at the shooter or like what a you know modern first person shooter is. Yep. I like how it has a couple of unique features like um, the amount of environmental destruction and, you know, some of the unique character abilities that, you know, kind of goes with that environment stuff as well. It's fresh. I like it. I, I like the, uh, the core gameplay loop, as you would call it. Um, I haven't, like, I don't know, lately I haven't had too much time for games. Like, right now, uh, in my alone time, if I have the time, I'm still uh, working on Metal Gear Solid Five. Alright, but how about a game that you have played recently that you didn't like? That I didn't like? How about some real trash? Uh, I mean, I try not to play trash, you know. I I feel like I've gotten pretty good. Like, I, I know what I like and I know what I don't like, right? You know? Um, yeah. What's been a major disappointment? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, okay. I don't think it's so much uh, that it was like a disappointment because I am eventually going to beat it. But something that uh, is definitely painful for me that I'm trying to get through and is in the Fire Emblem series is I'm trying Shadow Dragon again. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm giving it another shot. Which, honestly, I really need to get my gear and finish up my, uh, my Fates run. Your backlog of, of Fire Emblem yeah, games? My, my, yeah, my backlog. Well, no, it, it's really just those two. Okay. But, you know, for some reason I thought, oh, why don't I maybe fix the chronology a little bit, go to Shadow Dragon first. <laughs> and then I remembered, oh, yeah, I absolutely hate Shadow Dragon with a burning passion. I actually like that game a lot. It's, you know, nothing wrong with the writing. Nothing particularly wrong with the characters you have available. You know, like, Mart's okay. You know, he's poster boy of the game, of the, the franchise. It's fine. You know, a bunch of likable characters in there. I think I'm just so used to some of the more modern features now that I can't go back. Like, the graphics don't bother me at all. Like, I, I think the graphics are fine. I Things like, like the rescue system. Oh, my yeah. God. I miss that rescue system to high hell. I'll give that one to you, yeah. Like, ugh, I'm... I'm struggling with it and like I don't even think the game is that hard but it's just it's a quality of life thing you know oh the optimal way for me to get through this part of the map is like attack with these set of characters because nobody can double in this game and then swap them out with rescue but you can't actually do that so you kind of have to make meaningful choices on who you leave in the front line mm-hmm. and I mean yeah that, that's its own way to play the game and you know it's just not for me it's you know and i'm not gonna go and say like oh you know the pair up system is the greatest thing ever since sliced bread i can live you know i'll leave or take that i don't mind yeah i kind of agree with you i like i like it but you know i don't i wouldn't be broken up if suddenly they just never put it back in you know right 
Like that to me, that's not like fundamental Fire Emblem. It, you know, it's okay that it's there. I don't mind. I don't care for it. I like I like it, but you know, won't be broken up. Right. But there's just the way Shadow Dragon operates. Oh, it is painful. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that rescue and those mechanics are a huge deal now that we have them. Going back without them is kind of yeah. doesn't feel as right. And you know what? I do miss the uh, Jubia era, having mm-hmm. characters with like different constitution and being able to pick up. Like, oh, this guy's too fat for you to pick up and rescue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and I maybe I don't pay attention enough. But it feels like in Shadow Dragon, people are able to... Like, the maps feel larger just based on, like, the way they lay out terrain. I like I've, And granted, I'm, I've only gotten through, the, like, the first 10 or 11 so chapters. But all the maps so far are these, like, wide-open landscapes. The, mm-hmm. the terrain is kind of sparse, which is okay. But all the units seem to be able to clear massive amounts of distance of this like giant landscape. Like the sense of scale isn't there that I kind of feel in some of the like more recent titles. Like maybe tile for tile, the maps are the same size, but it just feels like I don't know. It just feels like the characters, like the overall roster, moves just a little bit farther. Or maybe there's not enough terrain to like hinder their progress. Okay. Do you think that has to do with you jumping between heroes and Shadow Dragon, though? No, I don't think so. Okay. I definitely had that moment, like, going back. Heroes does a, a really nice job of balancing, like, uh, or at least the way movement works in just four-man teams and those really tiny maps. Mm-hmm. They actually, actually, in Heroes, they lay a lot of terrain. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, in some cases, I think that, that could be a problem, too, but, you know. Did you get past the chapter with uh, Caesar and Rad and those boys and Roger? I think that's where a long time ago where you were at. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like I like Caesar. I like his boys. They're all right. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I don't know. I just thought it was funny because uh, you didn't like Rad, right? Was it Rad that you hated? I know you hate Roger, the the pink haired yeah. Marvinite guy. <laughs> oh, I hate Roger. You, anybody with pink hair, you. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you know what? All those. All the, the pink-haired dudes. There's <laughs> something about them. <laughs> Shout-out to Murder Ma- Malkalov. That's oh, your favorite man. character. Man, I just... I don't know, those pink hairs. <laughs> those, those filthy pink hairs. In before the next, you know, Fire Emblem Switch main character has pink hair. Oh, right. Back to the original question, that thing that I was trying to answer a long time ago. Yes. Good games I've been hyped about and playing, selling my soul to. Uh... The Total War series. Played every single one since Rome 1. Love it to death. Warhammer 2, Mortal Empires. You know, they're still putting out updates. Love that game. I put so many hours into it. I'm going to keep putting hours into it. Love it. Mm. I, well, I don't know. I'm a Warhammer, you know, fanboy. So, well, maybe not Warhammer Fantasy, but just the, the franchise in general. That whole universe absolutely love it yep what do i love beyond fire emblem um and also i realized that they that uh the franchise itself in the digital market with like video games has been <laughs> out to high hell and there's so many bad games now i realize that <laughs> but <laughs> you know all i need is one or two good games and i can completely ignore or forgive all the other ones Right, isn't it like 50-50, like ratio of good Warhammer games to bad? Oh, no. Oh, it's much worse. It's like twenty eighty. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe way back in the day, like, you know, 
mid 2000s <laughs> mid mid to like maybe around like 2010 that's when it really started to go downhill i don't know gotcha. you had like don of war and even that's now gone to sh uh, like original space hulk was good at least i thought so yeah just, nowadays it's just there's a there's a lot of a lot of shovelware out there it's all garbage you just you guys that label that franchise yeah, you basically need a guide on which Warhammer games to play and which ones you to do. avoid. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but honestly, like if you're a fan of the franchise, you you really know which ones are garbage. You can kind of just tell. But the other problem, too, is if you really love the franchise, you're also willing to stomach a lot of garbage, too. <laughs> you're you're willing to accept a really crappy subpar game because it has the that big Warhammer label on the front. Mm -hmm. And and for those of you out there, like guys, I feel you. You're just waiting on the next good one. Like I, I will commiserate with you someday, <laughs> <laughs> someday. Cameron, what what games do I enjoy beside Fire Emblem? Do you even play video games? That I'm not even sure. Not <laughs> not so much this past year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the fact that you have to say the word, like you you run a you run a show about games, right? Like, do you do you play games? Do you know what a game is? You know, I've seen them in picture books before. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the last game, non-Fire Emblem related, that I played a lot of earlier this year was... Um, Probably GTA. Not even, though. No? No, I didn't even beat the story mode of that. I mean, I just kind of mess around online. You, I'd have to oh say, my god, you didn't even beat the story mode? No, I didn't. <laughs> I do like GTA, though. That's not, that's not a game that I don't like, but... I think the game that I sunk the most hours in recently that's not Fire Emblem related was um, way earlier on this year I played a lot of Tales of Zestiria. Mm. And I like the Tales series a lot. I don't necessarily like the direction that they started to go in because yeah. I feel like they started you know, skimping on some of the areas and they just... I think they simplified the wrong things and it's just... Actually, speaking of the Tales games, that's the reason I'm not playing Shadow Dragon right now because I got really frustrated with it. I moved over to Tales of the Abyss. Okay. That was like the first game I got for that system, and right. I just ended up never playing it once. I was like, oh, you know, I have this like six hour plane ride here and back. Might as well give it a shot. It's a good game. It made me like the core gameplay loop of the Tales games again because for a while I got frustrated with it. I don't know. Some of the changes I think I saw, like, they were interesting, but they weren't for me. This kind of went... This felt a little more like the fundamentals to me, but that game definitely... You can see the age on it, the way it's, like... A little it, bit. Like, like, it's even directed, the way the characters, like, kind of interact with each other. Some of the, the goofs, the, the, you know, the ha-has, they're, <laughs> they're definitely dated. Right. I'm really glad, though, about that one, the battle system. It's not as jarring going back to, like, Tales of the Abyss as it is going back to Symphonia. Like, yeah. that... I tried playing that again, I think it was like last summer or something like that, and it just feels so antiquated now that you're like on a rail, you can't free run around the battlefield, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I noticed too there were some like more modern features in it too, because it is a remake, right? So Yeah, well they ported it to 3DS, I don't know how much they changed about it off the top of my head, but it's definitely aged a lot better than Symphonia has for sure. Like in some ways it has, yeah, in some ways maybe not so much. In what ways hasn't it? In your opinion, I think a little well, and a little bit of the writing probably. Okay. I can't really blame it. I mean, I I doubt when they um, they ported it, they really went and you know changed the dialogue. They probably left that exactly the same. Mm. 
So I can't really fault it for that, but it you know it just shows its it shows its age in some places. Yeah. So I haven't played uh, Berseria, which is the newest one, which I think got pretty decent reviews, and I know that they fixed some things about it. The character roster actually looked pretty cool in that game, so I would be excited at some point to to get that game, but. Um, I didn't beat Zestiria yet, so I'm not going to be picking that up until that moment. Mm-hmm. Zestiria, I mean, I like a lot of the roster, but it's, you know, it's not the greatest game ever. I think I got it on a sale for pretty cheap for like 10 bucks or something like that. So at that price range, yeah, it's a good game to play. <laughs> but, you know, it's not, it's not the best Tales game I've ever played. What do I like about it, though? Uh, I think, yeah, probably my favorite part of the, about the Tales games is just the combat system. I like the alternate costumes for people too. I think that's always something that's really cool to like work towards and unlock because yeah. like there's really nothing else, you know, aside from like maxing out characters or. I don't know if the in Abyss skills. the tit- like you know how there's titles for characters. Yes. I don't know if they actually do anything in Abyss. They do. Some of them do. do Not they? all of them. Yeah. There are there are oh. outfits. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Maybe I just haven't found any yet. Yeah. Probably not. There's some good ones in Abyss. There's usually always some good ones. Actually, in Abyss, they have like Power Ranger outfits. Oh God! I actually, well, I know that sounds awful, but I think uh, you'll you'll probably uh, like it later uh, in the game. Okay, that's like well, late I... game, late late game costume changes. All right, uh. <laughs> you'll you'll like it. You want a, you want a Power Ranger team, don't you? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. What game that I've played that I had that I didn't like? Um, what do I not like? Most video games ever. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. It's it's been a while. I don't usually, yeah. I'm very very well. Yeah. yeah well, that. But <laughs> I'm also very picky about what I do end up actually getting. So, yeah, yeah I'm not really sure. Actually, you know what? This is going to be blasphemous to a lot of the people listening to this because I know it was a hugely popular game. Oh man, I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready for this juice. Let's Are, you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? It was hugely popular. Absolutely exploded in popularity. Lots of people love it. They love the characters. They love the quirkiness of the game. But to me, like I, I just look at it and I see like a Stop really... beating around the bush and take your loves. Alright, alright. <laughs> it's it's coming. I just look at it and I see like a really crappy like RPG maker game, basically. Like not even a good one. Like Oh my god, you're still beating around the bush. Let's just hear it. It's um If it's so hard to say it, then just don't say it and we'll move on. It's it's Undertale. <laughs> it's Undertale. Uh, I just oh. I can't I, I don't like What's wrong with that? You like Undertale? I'm, I've never played. I don't know anything about it, but I don't know why that's like. You made it. You made it sound like it was such a dirty secret or something. Well, it's been very popular lately, and I know a lot of people enjoy it. And there's definitely like some quirkiness, and I, I understand why people like it. There's definitely some cool things that they do in that game, but I thought you were say that you were like suddenly into like I don't know those visual novels on Steam or like I don't know the Sesame Street game or something. I thought it was going to be something. <laughs> worth talking about no undertale's all right there's some cool things about it like the game you just, you just made it seem like oh god i don't i don't want to actually reveal this so people are gonna hate me for this like because there's such a, a cult following of that game you know and i'm sure that some of the fans that watch my videos like that game you know so yeah. you know no no hate to them i mean if, if you enjoy undertale that's great but for me like the sprite work is just so maybe not in the battles because like when you actually get into the battle like that's okay that's a you know stylistic but that main character sprite walking around like the actual maps i just can't uh, it's that's not for me 
There are some, like, really cool moments that happen in the game that break the fourth wall, even, like, pretending to have deleted your save file when you try to play the game. So that stuff is, like, that, that stuff is cool. That's what I think people really attach to, you know, when it I comes don't know to if game. it's an easy game for some people to get into. I don't think people would fault you for not liking it because of that. Yeah, but just, I don't know. Visually, I, I can't get into it. I don't, I don't see the appeal. It's just, like, I could have made a better, like, RPG Maker sprite to... You know, or like background maps or anything to walk around on. So I don't know. Yeah. That's just, I don't know. That's my opinion on that one. Okay. Next question from Grandmaster Gale. Have Holy you watched? Cow, we were answering questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. We got a couple more. So maybe speed run. We'll see. Um, just keep them coming. Grandmaster Gale asks Have you watched any Jap cartoons? What are Chinese cartoons? I, <laughs> I think they're just wondering about anime. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I've heard about that once. Yeah, you ever you ever watch any of that? Yeah, I mean, granted, I take a lot of it with a huge <laughs> grain of salt, and I'm yeah. real selective because there's some there's some utter trash out there. Okay, yeah. I I went from well, quick backstory. I went from just absolutely hating it and just like honestly being what would be the word like. A complete hole to my buddies who would watch it. And then, you know, over the years, like, they kind of brought me around to, like, all right, you know, here's why we like it. Here's some good examples of things that aren't complete and utter shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they showed me, like, this is why, this is why this is good. This is why we like it. And I was like, okay, I can see in this light, this perspective, this is why it's good. Yeah. Why, why you like it, at least. I, I get some of it now. I think there's a post. Or there's a pre-Death Note era, and there's a post-Death Note era. And once you've seen Death Note, you know it's good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and and it's not even that I don't, I can't suspend my disbelief in some things. And I, I love me a dank meme every now and then. But there's just a certain point where it doesn't click, you know? Okay, yeah. Like, there's just some shit on there. Or out, not on there, out there that's just, you know... Yeah, well, I mean, it is a huge booming industry, and they have to pump a lot of these shows out and come up with new shows every single year. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, garbage. I think I'm honestly more... I'm almost more interested in the animation, like, industry aspect of it than even some of the content sometimes. Okay. Maybe, like, you know, just the way it's all designed and, like, the way the art's done. Yep, sure. What's the best thing that you've seen lately? How about that? Um, I'm probably going to have a very similar answer to you because I don't think you've been watching anything since we watched something. Um, well, I've been, I've been watching one, uh, thing, I, oh, I don't even know, I guess just this year, called, um, My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like a really simple show, but it's, I really like, like, I like the color palette, I like the lines, I like the write, I like everything about it, I like the writing, it's, it's a good old-fashioned superhero show, and I love superhero shows, all about it. You know, everybody's got cool powers. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have, like, interesting ways in which they, like, interact in the world with those powers. It's not just like, oh, I'm Superman and I can do everything. And, you know, this is my superhero life, you know, being the champion of humanity. You're like, no, it's just a bunch of punk kids trying to figure it out. Sure. There's a lot of heroes with gimped powers in there, too, which I guess yeah. is more, more realistic. But, I don't know, yeah, some, no, of them, like it, some of them are really stupid. But they're supposed to be stupid. I, I, think, I know, but... I think that's what makes it good, is that, you know... 
it's not a show about oh hey look at these cool superpowers it's a show about hey look at these people just kind of living their lives that just happen to have superpowers in them kind of you know uh yeah like I, like the like the focus is still on the powers and everything but it's not i don't think they all define themselves by the powers and it's not you know there's still other things to to pull out of that kind of show sure yeah i, I see where you're coming from yeah i don't know there's just some like i think there's a frog girl or something and there's this little teeny midget guy that like has like I don't even know, like balls on his head that he throws yeah. at people. Like there's, the, there's this like purple, anime purple grape guy. Yeah. yeah, there's just like anime tropey characters in there that I'm just like, eh, I could do without that that character. I mean, usually I'm not a huge fan of it, but I can, I kind of overlook it just because it's, you know, it's supposed to be like a fun, goofy show. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of it, but I'm definitely not as like anywhere near obsessed with it as a lot of people are becoming. It's that's probably one of the hottest anime series this year. You know, it's probably like why I'm watching it. Yeah, probably. It's just it's a fun show, you know. Yeah. Simple, clean, fun. I'd have to say I think my favorite in recent years, and I know it's one of your favorites too, is Attack on Titan. I don't I don't yeah. think I've been, I've seen anything as good as that. I mean, oh, what if, what is that show? I've never heard of that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Death Note will always be my favorite, I think, but recent anime i think it's definitely attack on titan for sure just the the sort of mysteries and plot twists in that show are just so good yeah i i'm kind of like worried for it though how come uh just because i i'm kind of i'm worried but hopeful that the writing i don't want to say like oh the writing gets more clever but i want i think i want the twists and turns to be a little more ridiculous than they probably were for the last season okay because I don't, like, let's, you know, for anybody that actually cares, I won't talk about the season or anything, but I sort of called most of the major plot points by, like, the first or second episode, you know. Of this past season. Yeah. yeah like, I, I told you about it, and I, I told a bunch of other people, you know, they all agree. It's like, oh, yeah, we see this all coming. And then, surprise, surprise, about 90% of it was true. Mm-hmm. I think I would be worried that it would end up a little bit, to me, like, uh, Lost Syndrome, where I mean, I love Lost. It's one of my favorite shows. I know a lot of people are not. I too... could not. I could not watch Lost, dude. You lost. Yeah, I me. think you just need to you watch. Me the... No, no, you lost me at like the first or second episode with the stupid polar bear and the smoke monster, <laughs> dude. Get out of here. All right, all right. Well, anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is with Lost, the mysteries are what really. I mean, obviously the characters are great, but the mysteries are what really drove you to like keep watching the show because you want to find out and figure are out they? Like, what's going on. Do yeah. They? That's well, for everybody that enjoys it, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's why. But what I'm worried about is once you actually discover like the reasons behind a lot of the mysteries, like the magic of that mystery is then gone because like you understand it, you know what it is, it's not exciting yeah. anymore. So I would hope that with Attack on Titan that it doesn't lose that magic that it has once we figure out like what's actually going on, you know? Yeah, but I mean, eventually there has to be a reveal. I sure, but I hope that they wishful can... Thing. Like, if if you go down the road with that line of thinking, you're going to be disappointed when there's a reveal, and then if they don't reveal anything, you're going to be really mad that... They That's just, true, yeah. You know, they've been pulling your chain the whole time. Sure, yes, yes. There's a give and take. I just hope that they can remain like good about it, and that by the end of the series, it's not like... I don't know, disappointing what all the revelations were, you know? Yeah. Because there's, like, huge, like, mind-blowing mysteries and stuff, and I just hope that it's not, like, a simple, stupid answer waiting beyond that door, you know? Yeah. All right, next question. 
So from Uveria, we have... What character can you relate to the most, or which character do you see resembling yourself? And I'm assuming that means in a Fire Emblem game. So why don't you start, Cameron? Oh, man. Uh, come back to me for a minute. i got to remember. <laughs> I've got to think back to how many characters I've seen and played. Holy cow. Yeah, let me actually let me oh. think, too. I don't know if you noticed, but um, there's a lot of characters in the franchise. Mm, yeah. Yeah, who do you resemble? I'll give you I'll give you a little Reinhardt, maybe. Maybe now. <laughs> like right now I got kind of the I got this like sort of slick hair thing going on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I would like right now I would give you Reinhardt because I got like the slick not like the slick back thing, but you know, I've got like the slick side part and a little bit of that Superman curl going on in the front. <laughs> that I you know, honestly I hate and I gotta get rid of. I'm trying to think. Who do who do I look like? Actually, you know what? This new guy that I just pulled on the banner today, Shiro. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not in like the whole like he looks like a, a pretty muscular, well built dude. That is definitely not me. But like, <laughs> you know, I, like I, I'm just looking at his hairstyle. Like, yeah, I'll give have, you that. I'll give you Shiro. I used, to, I used to have hair like that. Maybe not that wild and like the back end, but I usually pretty messy hair. Yeah, that's that's not a stretch. You actually look like him. I'll give you that one. He's he's actually Ryoma's son. You haven't gotten that far in Fates, but yeah. So not only are you him, but yeah, Ryoma's yeah, your dad. Yeah, that's, that's why cool. I can't really identify him. But you yeah, know. having Ryoma as a dad is pretty cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to draw that parallel. <laughs> Aunt, who am I mostly like though, like personality-wise? Probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, let's face it. In all the Fire Emblem games, a lot of the characters, modern or older, are kind of like... They have a couple of facets, but for the most part, it's a two-dimensional trope that really drives their personality. Yeah. Like, one or two key traits that sure. they, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. they just run with. So, like, if we were to go based off of just one one trait that, like, defines me entirely as a, as a human being, which is... It sounds dumb saying, I'd probably be closer to, like, Stahl from uh, Awakening. Okay. Like, I'm so, I'm, like, super tight B, so laid back, just... Wasn't he hungry know. all the time? Hungry yeah, and, I mean... Hungry and lazy? Maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely lazy. I mean, forget the hungry part, whatever. <laughs> but, like, I'm super lazy and super, like, laid back. At least, that's what everybody else tells me, because I... Some days I just look like a sloth, you know? <laughs> I could, like, sit in a sit in a chair and melt into the floor... I usually feel really relaxed all the time, like, or at least I try to put myself in that state of mind. Okay. Yeah. And for, especially like my family, most of them are type A, maybe a little high strung and all that. Oh God, they always give me for looking way too relaxed, like not <laughs> not a care in the world. Okay. <laughs> you know, like maybe looking like my head's in the clouds or something. Okay. Yeah. I think in that way I'm kind of like stall, just like oh, you know, stuff's happening. It's good, bad, whatever. Who do you think I would be like? Hmm. Well, let's think. Let's find all these, like... You're definite, like, even though maybe you're not quite that blonde, we definitely need to find you, like, a platinum blonde character. Okay, yeah. I have... So I've I've answered, Uh, like, a question similar to this in the past. I do sort of have, like, the Barst in Fire Emblem Heroes, his hair going on. Not the blue, but, you know, the style, a little bit of that. Because uh, he kind of has I, like the. That's kind of what I have going on now too. Yeah. Ugh. I'm trying to think. Got to fix that. 
look, man, trying to be cool and follow trends, don't do it, kids. It's dumb. <laughs> hey, man, frosted tips will always be awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> um, is there, yeah, is there, like, a brunette character that I look like? I don't know. I'm trying to I think. Gotta, who... Yeah, I got to think about this one, too. Which character most likely suffers from, like, a severe case of obsessive-compulsive disorder? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's see. Actually, you know, Frederick is really interested in rock collecting. Yeah, you, well... I don't know. Like Frederick is a bit of a stretch, though, because he's very. Um, <laughs> how would I say it? What you trying to say? Like, <laughs> I think like you have his temperament. You have his temperament. I think. Okay. Right. You got that demeanor, but you definitely don't have some of the other personality traits. Okay. Uh... <laughs> the word I was gonna say was productivity. Oh. But, <laughs> but uh. Hey, I'm working you know. I got the one video a week down, bare minimum. I got to do do better than that, but yeah. At least I've been consistent about that. Oh, and I guess for anybody wondering, like, making the comparison of like, oh yeah, you're stall, so you have absolutely no personality, and you're like, bland milk toast and probably a vegetable. You're great. <laughs> I don't know. I have those days where it's just like, oh. I think... I think I look a tiny bit like Xander, but I'm not going to say that for my answer because I think that people like Gast, Gas Station, looks more like Xander than I do. Um, all right, you know what? I'm going to go with, with Tobin. Tobin has kind of like my old old school hairstyle going on. I'll, I'll give it to Tobin. You haven't played Echoes yet, but you've seen Tobin in Heroes. Yeah. So. I refuse to like play Echoes until I solve some of this backlog. Yeah. Well, you know what? You were actually talking about the huge maps in Shadow Dragon, and if you're ready for some huge empty maps, well, see, I don't, I don't know if they are huge. They just feel huge. I can't. I don't think I can prove one way or the other. All right. Well, Echoes has some perception. Echoes has some pretty huge maps, and they are mostly empty because we're talking about, you know, this NES era of games. Yeah. Get ready for that. That's probably one of the biggest complaints about Echoes were the fact that they kept the old school maps in there. They didn't change anything really about the maps yeah so if you hate the shadow dragon maps i don't think you're gonna love the guided maps i mean you know i don't really hate them it's just not not my favorite yeah I don't prefer them god maybe it is frederick <laughs> you think so yeah i mean there's just a couple of couple of differences but you know some of it is on point <laughs> <laughs> actually you know what character i kind of maybe resemble a little bit more might be arthur's son his name is lutz um he's not in heroes yet but you know if you slapped a hero mask on me i might like something like that captain america's got a kid yes he does oh man <laughs> i don't know you like are you like loot no <laughs> are you are you just like absolute supremacy of all human beings you know i I don't remember Lute's support conversations very well from Sacred Stones, but I don't remember her being that, like, nerd, I'm better than everybody. You know, I feel like they... I, I don't know. know. I, can't, I can't speak on it because I don't remember 100%, but in Heroes, I feel like they really played that up, and I don't know if that's... I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like that's not how she was. Well, I think... Honestly, I think the fact that they even gave some of these older characters a voice in the first place actually actually bringing out their personalities that were written in the original games but like not everybody actually took the time to like get all the support conversations or even yeah. pay attention to some of that writing that's fair yeah like you'd be shocked very true 
and that like that's the thing too like uh um some people in the community here's like a little side tangent soapbox quick two minute rant some people complain about how um the franchise is getting too tropey and all of these like i i guess things that are done in a similar fashion to anime i mean you know it, it's a similar style and all but just there's like a certain degradation of quality once they they try to keep increasing the fan base you know by like doing these things they make the characters more bland or they they add all this relationship stuff they add you know just really blatant one-dimensional tropes to some of these characters and their personalities uh-huh. a lot of that still existed in the older games too it was just maybe a little harder to find or it wasn't as like apparent sure yeah because graphically it wasn't as pretty to look at or just you know didn't come out all that well the writing was just you know really simple black and white text that kind of scrolled on and on with like you know static faces that just had the lips move a little bit sometimes yeah i see what you're saying like yeah and if you didn't even have if you didn't go through a good chunk of the support conversations you wouldn't even know that some of those characters had voices beyond like the two lines you get when your blue-haired boy talks to them or your red-haired boy <laughs> talks to them and drags them in uh, the sin bin yep all right let's move on to the next question so there were a couple more questions from Uveria, but I'm going to save them for potentially future podcasts and stuff because we do have two other people that did ask questions too. So from Reddit, HB the Battle asks, what's your favorite map in the series? Ooh. Yeah, why don't you... you have one in mind, Cameron? Oh, I don't have one in mind, but there's there's definitely been a few maps that I was like, this frustrates the hell out of me, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, in a good way? Uh, oh, yeah, in a good way. There's some good maps. I'll start with this one. I think probably one of my favorites, maybe just because of the moment in time that I played it, I don't think it was necessarily like the greatest map, you know, that they ever made in any of the games, but yeah, one of my all-time favorites, just because the whole experience of, of playing it was... I think I know what you're going to say. But Do go you? Ahead. I, I think so. I don't know. I, you might, but I don't know. Uh, the very early on part of Sacred Stones, you don't play as, as, as Ephraim. The first chapter that you get Ephraim him and his buddies, Kyle, Ford, and Orson, have to basically storm an entire little mini castle just with your little, like, uh, oh, yeah. you know, no, skeleton that's crew. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, oh my God. That maybe I just liked it because of, you know, I just thought it was so, like, edgy and cool how, like, this couple little man, little skeleton yeah. squad of dudes is just going to storm and, and just, like, beat an entire castle of dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about that map. I really liked that. What were you thinking that I was going to say? Maybe it wasn't just like one map in particular, but was it was like a set of maps and sort of an overarching theme that they put out for the set of maps. And um, Path of Radiance, any time you and the team was just minding your own business or you were moving from like map to map, and all of a sudden it was like, all right, boys, all of a sudden, boom, Black Knight shows up. Oh. And, the, like, they surround the town or the fort that you're in, and, like, they keep bringing reinforcements, and they start to, like, draw the net a little bit closer, and your whole squad is literally funneled down this path. And you can't turn back because Black Knight's there to, like, just ruin your day. Okay. You're, like, gotcha. he's invulnerable, you know, hits for, like, your entire health bar. What even is the defense stat, you know? So maybe, like, the port map, one of the early ones that he shows up oh, on. Oh, yeah, 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 love that port map. yeah. He just comes out of the house and just completely ruins your like, day. Was the actual design of the map particular to creative or different? Maybe not, but just 
the way that the, the way that it played, right? Like as a kid, I felt so much urgency of like, holy, this monster's coming after my team, right? And like I've already saved scum the mat ten times because this dude can just murder them. I got to get out of here. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> you literally sprint everybody as fast as they can to like get to that boat. Yeah, that was that was a great moment because you start the map and like you're already dealing with the enemies and everything, and all of a sudden, just like out of a random house in like the middle of the map, the freaking black knight just walks out. Yeah, that, and, it was a it was a huge and, moment. And there's other there's there's definitely like other maps where like they have really like even in Shadow Dragon, for example, like the one of the really early levels. It might have even been in the prologue where you're like trying to just take that small castle, and they're like, oh, here's like 50 knights that show up, and you can't turn back. Like they they do that quite a bit in uh, the series, but this particular one just like it really drives home that feeling in the setting of like this big bad's coming for you and you gotta go. Like there's yeah. no turning back. Absolutely, yeah. You're... <laughs> and like they they managed to nail it in like a few maps, not just one. Love that. Yeah, he the Black Knight brought a lot to those games. Absolutely. Man, they, they just like. I mean, there's always been villains, but they just put, like, a the real big bad face on him. Just like, yeah. oh, sh**. He's, like, the real Darth Vader. Definitely one of the most interesting villains in Fire Emblem, for sure. So, actually, let me ask you this question now. What are you hoping to see in, like, a Fire Emblem Switch title? I made, I made a video on this a little while ago, and so I kind of put all my... Is this your question or someone else's question? This, this is a question that I had written down, because we also have a rumor that I've been hearing spreading around that we'll probably get some actual news on this upcoming Fire Emblem Switch title because we're supposed to get it next year, actually, really, really yeah. quickly. And uh, we know absolutely nothing yet about it. So I was kind of under the assumption that maybe early next year we'd have another Fire Emblem Direct situation where they announce it. Yeah. But I, you know, there's a rumor going around right now that we might actually hear something earlier than that. So mm -hmm. what are you hoping to see? Like, what do you want from Fire Emblem on the Switch? Like, fe features that you would like to come back, maybe features that you don't care if they don't come back. Yeah, just what it, what is the next, like, the next proper title look like, not, like, a spinoff or anything. Right, we we jumped, like, from, after Sacred Stones, it was a huge leap into Fire Emblem 9, Path of Radiance with Ike. That was a big jump. Yeah, So right. we're finally about to make that jump again back to, like, a console version. So, like, this, this is going to be, hopefully it's going to be huge, you know? So what do you want out of this game? I guess I'll break it down in like a couple different places. So like, if we look at Fates, I don't know if it was just me, but that opening set of trailers for like the the opening ads for the game were the hypest of like, oh my god, I'm of so the franchise I've ever seen. Oh yeah, absolutely, like beautifully well done. They had this whole like clash of the cultures going on. Yeah, they showcased like a bunch of different like weapons and units and just you know styles some like really weird looking stuff that we hadn't really seen before absolutely at the very least i want to and the thing is too i i mean i haven't played enough of it but what i've seen so far or and, and what i've heard from some people is it didn't quite deliver on what they saw in the trailers in that regard yeah i would agree with you but you know there again i don't know i'm, I'm working on it but i guess i want to see that i want to see another trailer like that and then just deliver on it you know yeah give me what's on the tin now what what exactly is in that trailer? Oh, God. I need a minute for that. I don't know. You know, everybody would say, oh, just add more classes and add more promotions and, you know, just creep, 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 creep. At a certain point, you know, I think enough is enough. You have to change something else, right? I like how they kind of cycle them. 
you know, some games we get these. I like, I like the second too. Yeah, I liked how in um, now now that like games are going together, it was Stones, right, where you had multi-classing, but it was in like a divergent Y path. Yeah, so, you like, had branch. Like, yeah, you could yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah, but you only had a binary choice. I kind of like that. Yeah, it was either like Paladin versus Great Knight or like Rogue versus Assassin. Yeah, I don't mind with like, you know, oh, you master seal up and you can, or, you know, you have like a ton of seals to mix and match and, you know, multi-class essentially and all that. Like, that's fine. But I think maybe for this one, why don't we try try something like that? Let's actually, I don't want to say let's limit the options and make it, you know, really simple, but, you know, make it something distinct like that. Mm-hmm. You know, still have players make a choice, you know, tough choice or not. I don't know. I don't know. Is that just like bland wishful thinking am i just like you know talking out of my here no i i would i see what you're saying i agree with you like am i making any sense at all i think awakening it was very open i mean certain people had their classes or whatever but you know if you married them with the avatar you could kind of give them more classes to be able to pick from fates is similar to that i think the only thing that i don't like about people having access to multiple classes is when they lose their custom color palette when they switch to something else yeah. I hate that, man. If your outfit is like a black, like edgy black and gray outfit, don't become a blue armor knight. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, at least keep it consistent. Even if you don't get like a, a non-generic outfit in terms of like the details that are on the outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, if they have to do like a standard model, that's fine. But at least make it like the right color. I don't know. It's just, they were pretty lazy with some of the reclasses and awakening and stuff, so. Yeah. But I definitely see what you mean. Like, keeping characters like a couple, just a, a, a few Maybe Actually, one of three I think, options. I guess one feature that I'd like to see, I don't know if it would work at all, but just, you know, in the vein of trying something different. You know, what if they try to change the formula a little bit? So, like, again, I'm going back to Path of Radiance. And I don't know why. I guess because it was such a big leap, they did a bunch of, like, they tried a bunch of weird little features. Uh-huh. And I don't, maybe this wasn't even the first one in the series to do it, but it's the one I remember. Um, after a certain point in the game, you were able to call on, like, your... You got your own set of like AI reinforcements, right? Yeah. You go in your menu, hit the button, and then a bunch of the yellow cannon fodder would fly in, and then you could <laughs> tell them where to go and die for you. Yeah. Because of course, you know they didn't—at least to me—they didn't really contribute much. Maybe the peg knight, or was it the peg knight? Whatever the um, the promoted class was, it, it would always give you two base class and then one promoted uh, peg flyer. Oh, I oh, think. yeah, yeah. For the Were for they, the trio, you mean? Yeah, were they called Falcon Knights then, or were they Peg Knights? Yes. What were they? Were they? Still, I think they were still Falcon Knights in, in Path of Radiance. Yeah, yeah. You, you, so you got two base cannon fodders and then one promoted cannon fodder. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that was really cool, you know? You got to do something that, like, the bad guys get to do. And uh, it added, like, another little mechanic that you could use to try and win the map. So maybe... I don't think that they should necessarily be AI-controlled because that was really frustrating, which is why they became cannon fodder for me. But I would almost say, what if you decrease the roster of, like, the known faces of your, like, in, the, like, the game? So, I don't know, let's say you have, like, main blue hair boy, you have, like, the starting crew that comes in his little mercenary camp, right? And then you go around and you recruit a couple more mercenaries that are just in random towns that have been ransacked by bandits, like, it always ends up. And then after that, it just stops. Like, after that, you just get, like, a bunch of generic soldiers that you can kind of 
maybe deeply customize because they don't like all the characters in the Fire Emblem franchise have their own like unique persona. They have their own look because they have like the starting class. They kind of have this feel of like this is what they were meant to do, right? Like let's say for example, you're like you know, um, what's an example? Like Frederick in Awakening. I I don't know why, but even if you reclass him, I always see Frederick as like he's got to be this super heavy armored knight guy because that's just the way that his aesthetic looks, right? Okay. Yeah. And you know all the cutscenes and everything. That's how he shows up. So I always picture him as like big tanky dude takes a hit, runs in first, okay. hard hitting that kind of yeah. thing. He has an he has an identity to him, you know, or at least you you build that identity as you play with him. Maybe have a bunch of like faceless people that you can really customize deeply and build their own identity to them. I'm kind of th- I'm thinking of kind of like XCOM, you know. <laughs> For any of you out there who've ever played XCOM um, one or two, there, there's like some similarities to the Fire Emblem series, uh, the way that it plays. But there's a lot you can do with character customization, and you can, if you're like me, you want to like customize everybody, and then at some point you get a little too attached, and then when they inevitably die because you're just terrible at the game, you're like, oh, you know, I feel bad that this character that I made, and they have their their own like look, their own identity or whatever. What they have like a role inside of your group. They died and they're gone, and that value is now lost on you. Do something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Instead of having like every character as like a set appearance of of what they're supposed to be when they first get recruited. Yeah, like they seem they seem to have this thing right now with like creating avatar characters. Like customize your own everything. Have all the classes multi-class so that everything's customizable. I'm okay with that, but why don't you really give people the ability to customize? Like, let them do everything about, like, I mean, give them, I guess if you want to implement it, simply have, like, a bunch of templates for, like, a bunch of different soldiers. Let them customize all the colors of, like, their armor sets. Let them customize the, you know, what weapon do you want them to use, or um, what, you know, maybe, like, a set of skill trees that they can progress down for their class, you know? But they don't really have a face. It's just like generic cannon fighter man number one. <laughs> you know, I was actually in a in a podcast recently, the Emblem Cast. They decided to have me on, and somebody in there actually said that XCOM was like the natural progression from Fire Emblem, like like yeah. better than Fire Emblem in, in like every. Way. I, I think it, you know, in some ways, I think it is. I, I guess the thing is, like, to me, in a lot of these games, like, oh, you are this. Well, assuming you're, you know, let's say you are, you aren't the avatar player, or you're one of the blue-haired or red-haired boys. You, you're supposed to have this sense that you're like on this grand campaign with either like a mercenary company or like a massive army or fleet or something. Yeah. And you're there just rolling around kingdoms, like wiping out all these evil, like chunks of the empire or like whatever, you know, usurper or invading forces there. But I never get the sense of that because it's always like the same twenty or thirty little kids. <laughs> right like you know i don't i don't really get that sense yeah i see where you're, where you're coming from and it's like oh cool i can customize some of their skills and i can maybe multi-class some of them but that i mean in some ways it's limited why not be able to do more yeah i could see that and yeah that means you have to make some like faceless cannon fodder units but you know just have like your main cast and then a bunch of add-ons Maybe set it up so that, like, your main face characters are the ones, like, leading portions of that campaign. Like Yeah, like little 
teams and groups. Yeah, like I think everybody was pretty happy with how Sacred Stones did like the siblings split up or how I only assume in Valentia the um, Alm and Celica split up, how you kind of had two different armies that eventually came together. But the fact that you had like two unique sets of like small groups. Yeah. You know, maybe do something like that where like, oh, you have a couple of face characters, Lita, Squada, Faceless, you know, Meat Shields. I mean, playable characters. Gotcha. So we've had games like Xenoblade now on the Switch. And these games, I mean, I haven't played Xenoblade yet, but... Never played it. It's basically like a massive world, basically single-player MMO. If if you think about like running around the world and stuff. So Mm -hmm. in terms of like the scale of this Fire Emblem, this could be huge. And I think maybe that would also lend to, you know, you feeling like you're actually with an army moving across a continent, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would hope that they would put a lot of effort into, like, world building as far as, like, that goes. Like, if you're actually going to invade a country, you know, instead of just three maps... You feel like you're invading a country and not, like, you know... On a school field trip with your 20 friends, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) You're invading a full country, not a football field. I'm just really hoping that they don't hit the cruise control button with these games, you know? Like... Awakening turned everything around for the franchise. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kind of worried about that. Love or hate Awakening, you feel the amount of effort that they put into that game. I mean, even having... There was a separate system in Awakening where you could summon Mm -hmm. armies onto the world map of, like, old, old school fan-favorite characters from all the games in the series. That was really cool. Just those little touches in that game. Like, you could tell they went all out to make that game awesome. And, you know, Echoes, they, they did a really great job on as well. But I'm just worried that moving forward, they're not going to, you know, put that 110% in because they know that they're okay and the games are doing Mm -hmm. well again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see this, you know, Fire Emblem turn into like a Call of Duty syndrome where it's just like the same thing pumped out every year, maybe just a little bit different, you know? You know, I I thought of another feature... And it's funny that you brought up that XCOM is the natural progression because you know oh, I, I think I think I wholeheartedly believe that now. <laughs> <laughs> In the five minutes that I thought about it, but whoops, it yeah right. So we you know you talk about invading countries and you think about the theme of the the game. It's essentially a bunch of like despots and monarchs and you know these feudal empires that have some kind of political system, or at least you hope so, because all you really see is, like, a bunch of kids running around looking like warlords conquering, right? Mm. And then you just kind of assume, like, the taxes are being collected and, like, the social programs, if there are any, are being enacted or whatever, you know, laws are being enforced. Maybe they could do a thing where, like, if they continue down a path like Awakening or in Sacred Stones, like let's say you have an overworld map, assuming that you're still playing like blue-haired boy ruler of your kingdom or of your army, which will eventually conquer a kingdom to rule, you have like a set of political choices that you make that affect that overworld map. Kind of in the way that uh, like in XCOM 2, they have um, the uh, the dark events. Yeah. So like you're given a bunch of choices and you have to make one. And then the consequence of that choice carries over like a global effect or maybe even like a micro effect into like the next battle that you have like, oh, maybe extra reinforcements fly in or maybe like, you know, like in um, Awakening, all the shops on this side of the continent suddenly have like a big sale, you know, just random things like that. Yeah. 
it's up to the developer on how they want to feel the theme for that. Because, like, in XCOM, it's a very... I mean, they're called dark events. It's a very dark and depressing kind of um, morale-crushing system where you're you're given three bad choices and you have to eliminate one and live with the other two. And Fire Emblem's kind of had more of a positive spin, like a, a very optimistic outlook on how the whole thing plays out. So maybe don't make it so pessimistic with the choices, but, you know... Give the player like a couple of like interesting positive choices that affect how then their next few hours go with the game. Yeah, I totally agree. And it yeah. makes the it'll make each playthrough a little bit different. Yes, I like that a lot. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you sit back and you think about Fire Emblem and you realize a lot of these characters are very happy and happy go lucky and excited to like go on the battlefield and just slaughter like thousands of people. I mean, what's what's to stop them from saying like with these world events, oh, you know, you have, like, political choices that drive world events and then just natural random world events. Like, oh, in the the area that you're playing in, there's a weather system, and all of a sudden, oh, it's like a cloudy rainstorm or whatever, so all your ranged units, you know, have, like, minus 20 to their accuracy because they can't see. Yep. Or, like, all of a sudden, you're in, like, a very arid or rocky region, and all of a sudden, like, oh, sandstorms, you know, put sand everywhere. Your horses can't... You literally can't use your horses anymore, and your knights move at even slower speeds or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're all temporary, but really impact what's going to happen for the next few hours that that player's playing. Right. It's funny that you're making these points, actually, because I made a video, I think it's a couple months ago at this point, that was basically like my hopes for the upcoming game. Yeah, I remember that. And some of them are kind of similar, yeah. I mean, we want the same things. Yeah. But even like this, being able to decide, like, you know, do we attack this castle now? Do we wait? You know, where, which direction yeah. do we attack the castle from? Are we going to like take the sneak approach? Yeah, I, I think that would lend a lot very, to very X-Commy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I never thought of it as very X-Commy, but you're right. Yeah, I mean they implemented the stealth system in XCOM for a reason. <laughs> That's true. It's just a natural progression of things. <laughs> At least now I believe that. You know, so Fire Emblem Switch in space, right? No. When? No, no. Fire Emblem, you know, you're fighting aliens now? You know what? You want to... Instead of Manakeets, they're aliens? No. Oh, I, I, thought of, <laughs> I thought of an interesting idea, though. So I, I think everybody was down for the Clash of Cultures idea with Fates. You know, maybe the impl implementation was a hit or miss. I don't know yet. Or I'll leave my own judgment once I'm done with it. Uh-huh. But I think it would be cool if they had the setting in the or at least they kind of parallel they make a parallel similar to the beginning of the gunpowder age when like dudes are still running around with like swords and lances and they're like you know you still have these like giant squads of cavalry and you know some level of archers and like the idea of archery is still present but you start to see these like really really clunky looking firearms you know appear okay I don't want to, like, eventually just turn it into Advance Wars, right? But, you know, let's see a class with, like, a really, you know, ancient-looking musket or something. Let's see some okay. some rifleman or, like, a dragoon of some kind, you know? Like a gunman on horseback. Just just an idea. And then Fire Emblem becomes Assassin's Creed, where we keep jumping, like, a couple hundred years ahead with every game. Every, no, no, no. Every time period. That. <laughs> yeah. Then we get Fire Emblem GTA. Well, I mean, there's also magic, too, so let's not kid ourselves. It's not going to... I don't think it can possibly follow that progression. I, I feel like, you know, any magic spell is probably better than a gun, but not everybody's cool enough to read books. 
I guess not. But you know, just something like that. Yeah, I could. I see what you mean. I think there's a yeah, there's a fine line to be able to still keep the swords and the sort of medieval vibe that Fire Emblem has, but also yeah, maybe incorporating some of those other cultures and other things in there. Yeah, like you, you know, you can kind of see like the way the series progressed, even with the the kind of the baseline equipment for a lot of the soldiers and the characters, like what they run. Like a lot of the older games, uh, characters had like very simple armor layouts where they just had like a a breastplate and some like really small shoulder pads and then like maybe some plates for their quads and like knee pads but like it was very minimalist almost like you know they didn't have that much coverage for the average dude right Mm -hmm. even the armor units like they basically just had like a full plate chest piece and like maybe something for their the upper half of their legs and that was it you know didn't even have helmets like the older armor styles are definitely different from the newer stuff especially like like awakening and face and now everybody's like super stylized they're not even some of them aren't even keeping to like a medieval aesthetic in some regards you know yeah like i'll I'll give it to some people like i don't understand i don't get the maids thing in fates that's (laughs) that's just me like i i i think i understand a little bit where it's coming from i think we all do but you know i don't know doesn't make sense. You don't like Felicia, bro? Not particularly. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be really, really funny to end on me asking you who your favorite waifu is in the series. And we we all know what that f***ing answer is. I actually kind of don't. I mean, I know some no? waifu. I know some waifus that you like, but I don't know. Are you who, kidding me? It, who is... Okay, 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 who, okay. Who? Oh, hold on. I f***ed up my roster right now. Let me... Hold on. Let me go to I, edit okay, I know. I, mean, I know on, Lucina. Yeah. But who has been sitting on the front of my heroes team since literally day one? Has not changed since I started, except for today, because I accidentally put someone else in the first slot, and that was a huge mistake that's being rectified right now. It's Lucina. Of course it that, is. I know that one. I don't I don't care if people call her basic, bland, and boring. <laughs> don't care. The only thing you care about is that it's Marth with a girl's haircut. Hell yeah. <laughs> and with that, we're going to end off the podcast. What are your top five waifus? Quick, while I read the end card, you can use that time to think about your, your options. When you come up with four and a half, I'll probably help you at the end. Or make fun of your, your poor choices. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening if you made it this far into the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. Be sure to check out some of the links in the description below to some of the other content in this channel. I will be breaking this podcast into some little segments, so if you want to see certain moments animated, be sure to let me know what your favorite moments were. If you have any questions that you want to ask for us to answer in a future podcast, be sure to leave them in the comments section down below, and let me know what you think. Thank you guys so much, and hopefully you will be tuning in for the second episode. All right, Cameron, go. Oh, God, five. Oh, man, that's way too much thought. There's only, like, one Lucina. What is it? It's Brave, Regular Vanilla, uh, Spring, and um, Future Witness, Marth, or whatever the, that fake bullshit is. It's, it's Lucina, guys. <laughs> yeah, she's bland, vanilla, I don't care, fight me. <laughs> whatever your garbage excuses are. Uh, is there anyone else? <laughs> Does anyone exist? I think you came up with one option out of five. <laughs> no, I gave you four variations of the same one option. <laughs> oh, that's what you're trying to do? Yeah. 
No, no, that was the joke, though. But actually, they don't have the bridal Lucina in here for some reason. God. <laughs> no, no. But actually, uh, give me a minute. All right, so Cameron only has one waifu. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Too bad she's already Robbins. Claimed. What? Okay, wait. So does it have to be waifu in the sense of like... No, you know what? No, I'm not even going to go there. Never mind. Okay. okay, Lucina dies, and you have to pick somebody else. Go. I mean, what's what's okay. the point of playing this game anymore? <laughs> Lucina dies. A healthy amount of time has passed. You're in the dating scene again. Wait, whoa, dating. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm suspending disbelief here. Okay, I got it. Good. Okay, so Camilla and Cordelia walk into a bar. Oh, sh- <laughs> Whoa. I did like Cordelia. Uh, she'd probably be number two. I know. That's what I thought was your number two. Yeah. The real question is, what's number three? Uh, I don't know. Um, every female Fire Emblem character oh, ever Jesus. made. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll find it on here. I think it's funnier that you don't have a pick. No, I I think I do. It's just, again, it's like 1 o'clock, and there's also like hundreds of characters. As soon as I see them, I'll know. You know, cut me some slack here. This being December 9th, 2017, 1.05 a.m. East Coast time. Eh. So that you know when the Lord puts out this video three weeks later, what happened. Less than three weeks. I'll, I'll get on it. I'll be on it. Oh, God, no. Now he's on this list. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't have prison thoughts. Hey, man. Technically, she's a, over a thousand years old. Oh, nope. <laughs> Gonna just put a big old sack of nope right there. Hold on. Oh, these are all, like, really old or really new. Like, these are, like, the... Like, I'm scrolling through the list right now, at least the one I'm looking at, and it's all, like, the very first characters ever made or, like, the one game I haven't really gotten through yet, which is I don't know who any of these people are. All right, side note. I don't know if it's a waifu. I guess even saying that is creepy, but I like Sakura. I just okay. Think. Oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I like said, her. You've said that before. Yeah. She's just a sweet little thing. <laughs> Brings hope into that horrible, horrible world. Gotcha. You have a four and a five? Hold on, it's going through this list. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, God, I hate Astrid. Get out of here. Oh, man, was I stupid? Tana. Tana's on that list. Okay. Yeah. Number five? What list are we looking at here? It's just the the wiki. Oh, there's actually an actual category of female characters in Fire Emblem. Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about uh, Loki power-creeping Camilla in the looks department? In the, Um, in the, the Chestel region? I mean, I'm not surprised. That's just sort of how it's gonna be <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it yeah there's two reasons why that happened oh do you not like Lynn? yeah no well I mean I I liked her character and everything but you know it's just kind of there I I realized like she's like one of the big fan favorites and everything but I don't know wasn't it for me I feel like you like Sheeta though am I wrong? kind of like her is that right? okay I, I think I'm sort of, I'm hesitant to say, oh, you know, I liked her character because I'm suffering through Shadow Dragon right now. Okay. Hey, she's Again. one of the better. She's one of the better units in Shadow Dragon. No, actually. she's a, no, she's a very good unit. I I just associate her with just Shadow Dragon. 
<laughs> and it's you know a lot of it's not even Shadow Dragon's fault. You know it's a it's a decent game, but I know you like Leith. Who? I think we used to call her Lethe. Lethe. Orange-haired cat chick from Path of Radiance. She was with her bro Mordecai. Oh, I liked her because she was OP. Yeah. No, she ain't no wife. She's a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> you racist. No. No, I, I don't think I can attribute any kind of malice towards a race, only your hair color. And it's really simple. If your hair color is pink, you're not a human being. She has orange hair. Yeah, so she's fine. Oh, okay. If you have pink hair and your name starts with the letter M, you're functionally not a human being. Okay, so Roger's a human being then. I mean, more so than others. <laughs> you know, the Wolf Queen of Radiant Dawn, she was pretty... For her time, she was pretty... Uh, she's a looker. <laughs> for, for back when Fire Emblem wasn't Waifu Emblem, she was a pretty solid Waifu. See, that's the thing. Everybody says it wasn't Waifu Emblem. I think it was always Waifu. I know. It's it's definitely just played up more. Well, you, know? you, can, you can just recognize more than a few pixels and, like, dialogues now. Sure. You know what? Go ahead and throw Tiki on there, too. Why not? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You think you'll get... Oh, adult Tiki. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God. Gonna... <laughs> no. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Hang on now. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Let me... Let me just make sure my phones aren't tapped and like the NSA <laughs> is not listening. Is that no. sirens I hear in the background? Do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, the adult one. <laughs> oh, and I do mean that too. Like, look at heroes. The artwork for the kid is stupid. Oh, so uh, so that that child unit you're not attracted to? The other ones though? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, no, and no to the way you phrase that now. <laughs> I'm good. And Nick does the same thing. He's like, I hate this game. It's for weebs. I don't get it. And yet the next day, he'll have his Excel spreadsheet with all of his characters mapped out. And he'll be like, so what skills and seals do I put on my brave Lynn? And it's like, <laughs> you just told me that, you know, you hate this game and you haven't played it in weeks and you haven't thought about it once. And yet I see this, like, 500-tab Excel sheet done, or whatever it is. Like, give me a break. <laughs> you ain't fooling no one. Little intro line. Very quick. Hey, guys. It's Stevie with Lucky Crit. And, uh, we're here to talk about some Fire Emblem today. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I'm not going to do a real one. <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, yes, yes, I'm also on Sesame Street.